Hello, people of Earth and Anchor and Spotify podcast listeners. Happy Halloween 2023 to all. I've got plenty of treats for you. Luckily, no tricks. But first, it's shout-out time. Happy spooktacular October 31st, boo days, I mean birthdays, to former WKKL General Manager Naomi Ehrenberg, the late David Ogden Steers, Letitia Wright, actor Rob Schneider, pop singer Willow Smith, rapper Vanilla Ice, the late Jan Candy, and the late Apollo 11 astronaut Michael Collins. 1990s, Are You Afraid of the Dark TV show, The Walking Dead TV show, Madonna's Like a Virgin song, 2013's Horns, 2008's Changeling, Queen's 1975 song, Bohemian Rhapsody, Bon Jovi's 1986 song, Living on a Prayer, debuted on this day. Unfortunately, today marks the day that the world lost the young rising actor, Wirrifer Phoenix, and the greatest James Bond of all, Sean Connery. I forgot to mention some things on Sunday's breaking news. Uh, First off, local artist John Wiley, the Rev Nelson's birthday was that day on Sunday, October 29th. Yesterday marked 17 years since Michelle Gardner-Hill's daughter, Nicole Hill, got her angel wings. However, she still watches from her family. She watches her over her family from above and is smiling down upon her new baby nephew, Aiden. In better news, yesterday marked 20 years since Wicked debuted on Broadway. Woohoo! In the very first ever National Wicked Day, along with Harry Potter's Miley Weasley's birthday. I mean the character, not the actress who plays her. Whoops. Sorry about that. On to the pre-flashback fun news. Variety.com announced October 30th, Max is honoring the late math- friend star Matthew Perry, who died on Sunday, Saturday, at the age of 54, with a tribute card at the start of each season of the sitcom on the streaming platform. In memory of Matthew Perry, 1969 to 2023 reads the card, which flashes on screen for approximately five seconds before the iconic Friends opening sequence. All 10 seasons of Friends are currently available to stream on Max. Actors' unforeseen death, celebrities from Friends, co-creators in, in the cast, and the Ottawa Senators Hockey Organization, from which he was an enormous fan of, and countless others flooded social media. In fact, Hank Azaria, one of Perry's closest friends, posted an emotional video message on Instagram Sunday. The video is very moving, emotional, and heartfelt. And in it, Azaria, who made multiple guest appearances on Francis David, Lisa Kudrow's Phoebe's crush, praised the late comedic actor, say they were closer than brothers for years, about his personality and how he really seemed to struggle with substance problems off and on. In fact, Perry was the one who helped get Azaria get through his own problems with addiction. So sad. One can only hope that Perry has found peace.
and is no longer in pain. Moving on. Wicked, awesome news, audience. Wicked is flying back to the Hollywood Pantages Theaters in December 2024 for a limited engagement. That's shortly after Wicked Part 1, the first half of John M. Chu's two-part movie version of the beloved play with Cynthia Rivo, Ariana Grande, Jeff Goldblum, Michelle Yeoh, and many others, goes from the Shiz University to the theaters on November 27th, 2024. Olympic swimming icon Michael Phelps and his wife, Nicole, are expanding their family. They're having their fourth child in the near future. The little one will join big brothers Maverick, Boomer, and Beckett. Sorry, Channing Tatum but he's off the market again. He's going down the aisle for the second time. This time with Zoe Kravitz as his blushing bride. People.com announced the news earlier today, stating... Over the weekend, photographers snapped pics of the couples leaving a Halloween party, with Kravitz showing off a very huge sparkly engagement ring. The couple have been together since 2021. Order up! The new trailer for Good Burger 2 dropped yesterday, starring Keenan Thompson and Kel Mitchell, the Paramount Plus anticipated follow-up to 1997's Good Burger, will serve up a release date on the streaming platform November 22nd. Jessica Chastain and Peter Sarsgaard have entered the award season race. Their new drama, Memory, also starring Merritt Weaver, Jessica Harper, Elsie Fisher, and Josh Charles will arrive in theaters by year's end. It premiered last month at the Venice International Film Festival to enormous applause. They're back! Variety.com announced October 30th, a series version of the iconic horror film Poltergeist is currently in development, currently in early development at Amazon MGM Studios. Variety has learned no writer is currently attached to the project. Daryl Frank and Justin Favley will executive produce on behalf of Amblin Television. Amblin produced the original 1982 film, with Steven Spielberg having come up with the story, co-writing the screenplay, and producing it. There are no plot details to share this time, beyond the fact that the show will be set within the world of the film. The original film proved to be a major success upon release. It grossed approximately $121 million worldwide against a reported budget of of 10.7 million. Should the Amazon MGM Studios project move forward, it would be the second television show set in the Poltergeist world. The series Poltergeist The Legacy aired on Showtime for three seasons before airing a fourth and final season on Sci-Fi Channel in 1999. The show followed a worldwide group known as the Legacy as they protected mankind from supernatural dangers. This also marks the latest attempt by Amazon to adapt well-known MGM IP since acquiring the storied studio. The streaming arm of the online retail giant is already at work on new projects based on properties like Robocop, Legally Blonde, Barbershop, and more. Variety recently 
exclusively reported that a series set in the world of the girl with the dragon tattoo at the studio had found a showrunner. Totalfilm.com announced today, get ready to fall even harder. Last year's surprise hit thriller fall is getting not one, but two sequels. Capstone Studios, the studio behind the company behind the project, feel strongly that they have a franchise on their hands and have now officially turned this into a trilogy. The first sequel is due to begin filming next summer, with much of the original creative team returning. According to The Hollywood Reporter, director Scott Mann will return to produce both movies. And he will co-direct and write Fall 3. There's no word yet on who is going to wind up in the director's chair for Fall 2 or why Mann won't be directing all three films. Speaking of horror sequels, EW.com Stated yesterday, Micah Monroe is is going back on the run. The 2014 cult horror hit It Follows is getting a sequel, They Follow, that's slated to begin production in 2024. The indie company Neon announced the news Monday, stating that It Follows star Monroe and writer-director David Robert Mitchell will both return for the sequel. If they follow, presumably follow Mono's character Jay through events following It Follows. Though details on the follow-up are scarce, They Follow marks Mitchell's first project since his surreal 2018 neo-noir Under the Silver Lake, starring Andrew Garfield and Riley Keough. Though he's also developing a project at Warner Brothers with Anne Hathaway that has yet to start production. And the news about They Follow is the perfect way to segue into today's flashback fun. To rephrase the Nightmare Before Christmas's This Is Halloween song, Horror films everywhere, life's no fun without a good scare. That's their job, the villains are wicked mean. In this, the annual horror theme, flashback fun on Halloween. To start things off, I have two movie adaptions of books for the master of horror himself, Stephen King. Over the decades, there's been well over a hundred film and TV projects inspired by and based on his works, including the 1990s It miniseries and the 2017 and 2019 It films, June's The Boogeyman, Castle Rock TV show, The Green Mile, dare I say it, 2017's Mega Flop, The Dark Tower, The Shining, Hearts in Atlantis, and countless more. But none of these would have been made if not for a film that secured his place in Hollywood. Brian De Palma's supernatural horror film, Carrie, with Sissy Spacek, the late Piper Laurie, who sadly passed away October 14th, Betty Buckley, John Travolta, Nancy Allen, and Amy Irving. The November 3rd, 1976 release, which came from... King's debut 1974 novel of the same name had such a ginormous influence on pop culture, it doesn't even need a recap. According to its Wikipedia page, that film became a critical and commercial success, grossing over $33.8 million against its $1.8 million budget. Carrie's one of the few horror films to be up for more than one Oscar. 
Sissy Spacek and Laurie were up for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress at the 49th Academy Awards. It spawned a 2018 Riverdale TV episode, a 1999 sequel, The Rage Carry 2, but nobody talks about that one, a 2002 made-for-TV film, a 2012 off-Broadway play revival, and the 2013 remake with Carrie with Chloe Grace Moraes that just turned 10 years old. Did you know that the high school's name is Bates High, a reference to Norman Bates from the infamous 1960 film Psycho? In addition, Psycho's famous iconic four-note violin theme is repeated in the film. And this is John Travolta's first major film role. He auditioned at a lunch break while filming Welcome Back, Carter, and showed up still dressed as Vinny Barina. The other key adaption comes requested from horror fans Cassie Laughlin and Cassie Sandberg of Hyannis because they just love making me talk about horror films. 1983's Cujo, starring Dee Wallace, Daniel Hugh Kelly, and Danny Pantaro, the August 12, 1983 film based off King's 1982 book follows Cujo, a friendly St. Bernard who contracts rabies and goes on an enormous reign of terror in a small town. It was the very first Stephen King film to be set in the small town of Castle Rock, which would appear in many of his other future works. It opened four months before Christine, another Stephen King story, and made $21.2 million. Despite mixed reviews when it opened, King was extremely fond of the film, which has gotten a cult following over the years. According to IMDb.com, the dog scene in the film would often have to have their tails tied down, tied to their legs during filming because they enjoyed themselves so much they wagged their tails. This tactic was only missed one time in editing, where they show Cujo from behind, ready to pounce. But his tail is waving, wagging energetically. Sardi Wallace stated in interviews that although this is the film that she's the most proud of, it was also the hardest film she's ever done. And after filming finished, she had to be treated for exhaustion for three weeks. Let's shift gears from Stephen King movie adaptations to the Conjuring universe. I have a very first for flashback fun with this one, folks. Now, remember, earlier this month, I did James Wants the Conjuring, which just turned 10 in July. Now, let's go back to October 3rd, 2014, when the Conjuring series first expanded with the arrival of director John R. Leonetti's prequel, Annabelle, the supernatural horror spinoff. The second Conjuring film stars the talents of Annabelle Wallace, Alfre Widard, and Ward Horton. In the film, an expectant couple experiences horrific occurrences with a vintage doll after cultists invade their home. The spinoff was renounced shortly after The Conjuring's worldwide box office success. While critics didn't exactly like it, it was in the it was 
a huge box office smash, grossing over $257 million. A prequel, Annabelle Creation, came out in August, on August 11, 2017. And its sequel, Annabelle Comes Home, opened June 26, 2019. According to IMDb.com, the movie shows the Annabelle doll as a large porcelain doll. But the real Annabelle doll is a large Raggedy Ann doll. The Warrens actually have a special case built inside their occult museum for her, which is where she lives to this day. Coincidentally, Annabelle is the first name of the actress who plays Mia, Annabelle Wallace. And John Leonetti, the director of this film, was also the cinematographer for 1991's Child's Play 3, a movie about our famous killer doll, Chucky. With the news about the aforementioned Poltergeist TV series coming in the future, who knows when, the horror classic starring Joe Beth Williams, Craig T. Nelson, the late Heather O'Rourke, and Beatrix Race is next on today's Flashback Fun Docket. The June 4th, 1982 horror classic was originally created by Steven Spielberg as a horror follow-up to 1977's Close Encounters of the Third Kind called Dark Skies. Like many of the film on today's Flashback, Fun, it doesn't even need so much as a one-sentence recap. It frightened up $121.7 million in theaters and was up for three Oscars. Best Original Score, Best Visual Effects, and Best Sound Editing. Two sequels, 1986's Poltergeist to the Other Side and 1988's Poltergeist 3, along with a 2015 remake, which nobody talks about since it wasn't successful that much, followed in its ghostly wake. Since there were a lot of weird occurrences, both on and off set, and many of the cast members had accidents, or uh, in the case of two of them, died, it's known to have a curse on the film. According to IMDb.com, Dominic Doom, who played Dana Freeling, and Heather O'Rourke, who played Carol Ann Freeman, Freeling, are both buried in the same cemetery, Westwood Memorial Park in Los Angeles. 22-year-old Doom was strangled by her ex-boyfriend October... 30th, 1982, in her West Hollywood home driveway. Unfortunately, she died four days later, having been declared brain dead and never regaining consciousness. O'Rourke, on the other hand, died of intestinal stenosis at age 12 at, on February 1st, 1988. Poltergeist's score and effects, special effects, were both up for Oscars, but lost to Steven Spielberg's big bigger 1982 film, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, in both categories. Well, the first National Wicked Day yesterday, it seems only proper to talk about the film that, well, essentially gave life to the long-running Broadway musical play, Wicked. The famous musical fantasy, The Wizard of Oz, with Judy Garland, Bert Lahr, Jack Haley, Billy Burke, 
Frank Morgan, Ray Bulger, and Margaret Hamilton. Tornado to the big screen, August 25th, 1939. Bridging audiences, somewhere over the rainbow. Sorry, couldn't resist. With Dorothy, Dorothy Gale, her little dog too. The Scarecrow, the Tin Man, the Carly Line, and the rest of the cast. Like most of the flashback fun films today, it's so beloved and well-known, it doesn't need a recap. Did you know that despite critical success, it was actually <gasps> a flop in theaters? Yes, folks, it's true. Wizard of Oz was not successful when it first came out. According to its Wikipedia page, the 1956 television broadcast premiere of the film on the CBS network reintroduced the film to the public. According to the Library of Congress, it's the, it is the most seen film in movie history. The Wizard of Oz is the source of many quotes referenced in contemporary popular culture. It truly withstood the test of time and has entertained generations of moviegoers and is Judy Garland's most, if not her, her most, well-known film. Over the years, it's created its own Oz-sized franchise from, I mean, with the 1985 cult classic Return to Oz, the 2013 prequel Gauze the Great and Powerful with Michelle Williams, James Franco and Mila Kunis, Gregory Myers' Oz saga books, countless adaptations, including two Tom and Jerry Ozian set adventures and The Wiz, and of course, the long-running play Wicked, which will get the first part of its two-part film adaptation flying to theaters in just over a year on November 27, 2024. With it being Halloween, major Halloween and horror fan Cassie Laughlin of Hyannis would like me to talk about the original Halloween. The independent slasher film, which just hacked its way to 45 years old, October 25th. Yes, folks, it is that old. Then doesn't, doesn't need a recap. It starred the late Donald Pleasance, a then unknown Jamie Lee Curtis, a.k.a. Psycho star Vivian Leigh's daughter, and PJ Souls. It carved up 47 million bodies stateside, 23 million overseas, for a total of 70 million bodies, becoming one of history's most profitable independent films. According to its Wikipedia page, Many critics credit the film as the first in a long line of slasher films, inspired by Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, 1960, and Bob Clark's Black Christmas, 1974. Halloween is a widely influential film within the horror genre. Halloween helped to popularize the final girl trope, the killing off of characters who are substance abusers or sexual, and the use of a theme song for the killer. The series comprises of 13 films, including its 1981 sequel and a 2007 reboot. The 11th entry, 2018's Halloween, served as a direct sequel to the 1978 film, effectively turning all the other movies that followed uh, non-canon. That film's sequels are 2021's Halloween Kills and last year's Halloween Dance, which concluded the remake trilogy. 
But just like any horror film villain, Michael Myers isn't exactly out for the count these days. Miramax is planning a Halloween TV show for the future. According to IMDb.com, the film stack lighting actually comes from necessity. The crew didn't even have enough budget money left over for more lighting, so that's why it's dark in the film. Now, if you excuse the awful vampire voice, and for the last flashback fun film, it's only right to take a look back at the film version of the late Gothic horror novelist Anne Rice's most well-known book, the November 11, 1994 Gothic horror interview with the vampire starred Tom Cruise, Antonio Banderas, Brad Pitt, Kristen Slater, and Kristen Dunst. The $223.7 million earner tells of the vampire Louis de Pont du Lac recalling his life of hunger, betrayal, loneliness, and hunger. I mean, I love to a report in modern day San Francisco. It was a commercial success and got Oscar nominations for Best Art Direction and Best Original Score. A standalone sequel, The Queen of the Dam, starring the late Alaya in her final film role, and Stuart Townsend, who replaced Cruz in the Le Satro, was released in 2002. A TV series of the book started airing on AMC in 2021 and will be back for a fourth season in 2024. According to IMDb.com, since she was only 12 years old at the time of the film's release, Kirsten Dunst wasn't allowed to watch the film since her parents thought it would be too scary for her. That's all for this week's Flashback Fun mini-episode, folks. So, Happy Halloween to all. Stay safe and watch lots of movies and get to the theaters if you can. Bye now, my minions.